Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, so I've made a list and I've checked it twice or once. No, actually, what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you a list of four names, and I don't want you to tell me who's on the naughty list, who's on the nice list among those names. What I'd like you to do is tell me, in your own opinion, if you could be any of them, if you could live their life, whose life would you choose? Now, it shouldn't be that difficult since there's only four names, but these are the names on the list. David, Solomon, Josiah, Amon. All kings, all people from the Bible. Two much more famous than others. Okay, so you've had enough time to think, all right. How many of you would pick David? Okay, all right. You get to defeat Goliath, right? You get to win lots of battles. You get to have songs written about you. You get to be one of the most famous people in the Bible. All right, how many of you would choose to be Solomon? I mean, you get to be the second wisest person to ever walk on the face of this earth, second to Jesus, obviously. You get to build the temple in Jerusalem. Okay, now I'm going to skip the next one. And I'm going to ask you, how many of you would like to be Amon? What? No one wants to be Amon? How many of you even know who Amon is? All right. How many of you ever heard of him outside of right now? Okay, a couple of you. All right. Okay, so I'll go back to the previous one. How many of you would like to be Josiah? The king from our story today, obviously. Four names, but why these four? Because I think what you'll see in these four names, these four kings and how they lived, in general characterize four different types of people that still live in our world today. And so we'll explore these kings in light of ourselves and see what we can learn. So let's start with the last name we just mentioned. Josiah. And as we mentioned before, if you remember, after the death of Solomon, the kingdom was split into Israel, which becomes the northern kingdom, and then Judah, which becomes the southern kingdom. And Judah is also comprised of the tribe of Benjamin. Israel was made up of all the other ten tribes. And so if you read through the book of 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, you're going to get the history of these kingdoms. Many of the same people. And you'll get some different parts of their stories between kings and chronicles. So they are the same, but they're also different. So Josiah, he's probably one of those people that you hear this story and you think, with great power comes great responsibility. Not because he's Spider-Man, but because Josiah is eight years old when he began to reign as king. Eight. Do you even remember what your life was like when you were eight? I mean, my oldest son, Micah, is seven. He is seven months away from being eight years old. He doesn't even know how to tie his shoes yet. I mean, he's okay putting away his dishes after a meal. He can brush his own teeth, get dressed himself. So you're eight. You're in grade three. Maybe you can tie your shoes now, hopefully. But I don't remember much about being eight. 
And do you think you're ready to make decisions for an entire kingdom? Probably not. But what we learn is, Josiah did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and walked in the ways of David his father, and he did not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. Now, because Josiah was only eight years old when he became king, some have suggested that he was entrusted to the high priest, Hilkiah, to be raised, to be educated, similar to what happened with the prophet Samuel. Or perhaps Josiah's mother, Jedidah, was faithful to the Lord, and it was she who raised her son in the true faith. We're not told, but something must have happened to Josiah because we hear that in the eighth year of his reign, while he was yet a boy, he began to seek the God of David his father. So at this point, Josiah has now been king for half of his life, and he's only 16. And he began to seek after God. And then four years later, when he's 20, he began to, pur to purge the kingdom of all of the false idols, all of the false gods. I mean, all of that must have come from somewhere. So the example for all those who teach, all those who lead, the parents out there, Josiah is one that we look at and we see Proverbs lived out. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. And then this all leads up to Josiah in the 18th year of his reign as king. So he's 26 now. And he orders the temple of the Lord that Solomon had built, which had kind of fallen into disrepair, to start to be built back up again. And in the process, the book of the law is discovered. And it's brought to him. I mean, this is probably part, if not all, of the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible written by Moses. And after Josiah reads it, he makes a covenant before the Lord to walk in his ways, to follow his commands with all of his heart and soul according to God's word. And everyone joined that covenant. And then Josiah ordered them to keep the Passover again. So he renews the covenant that the people had long forgotten, that they had stopped practicing. The Passover reminding them of when the Israelites had been saved by God in Egypt. An example for all of us that we can read and learn and study and find direction in our, in our life from God's word, just as Josiah did. And Josiah's life is summarized like this. Before him there was no king like him who turned to the Lord with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his might according to all the law of Moses. Nor did any like him arise after him. I mean, did you hear that? That is some high praise for someone you maybe have never heard of before outside today. And if I think you were to hear from Josiah himself, he would give credit to the Lord for leading him in those ways, for being able to serve him with all of his heart, soul, and might. I mean, that's something for us to hear as well. I mean, in the gospel reading, you heard the two greatest commandments that Jesus lays out, which is really a summary of the Ten Commandments, the law. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength and love your neighbor as yourself. And maybe you think, 
But I don't love God with my whole anything. Let alone, do I love my neighbor as myself? I mean, I actually don't love a lot of people. My neighbors. I mean, I love all of you here, of course, right? You're all wonderful. I mean, you might feel like loving God with your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength and loving your neighbor as yourself is an impossible task. And it is. On your own. Whether you're 8, whether you're 16, whether you're 26, whether you're 106. It's only possible through God at work in you that you can be faithful, that you can love like him, that you can love your neighbor as yourself. Now, contrast Josiah's life to the life of his father. Well, now, who's his father? Ah, it's the last name on the list. Amon. Amon, he reigned for two years as king, compared to the 31 of his son. And what do we learn? He did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and served the idols that his father served and worshipped them. He abandoned the Lord, the God of his fathers, and did not walk in the way of the Lord. So when we look at how Josiah was raised and turned out, it obviously did not come from his father. His father was the exact opposite. But he was very typical of most of the kings of Israel and Judah because they did evil. They did not walk in the ways of the Lord. They were faithless. And as a result, many of their children, many of those kings were faithless as well. Many just continued to do evil in the eyes of the Lord because that's all they knew. They were trained in that. And they didn't depart from it, much to the decline of the kingdoms. If we continue to work our way back to the kings, we go to Solomon. I mean, we've heard of him. His great wisdom, building the temple, all of the riches that he had. But we also know that Solomon had 700 wives and 300 concubines. And they turned away his heart after other gods. And his heart was not wholly true to the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. And that's why the kingdom is divided. Because Solomon did not walk in the ways of his father David. Did not walk in the ways of God. Now you might look at, Sol at someone like Solomon and think, I mean, if he was the wisest there ever was, and he turned away from the Lord, what hope do we have? And then there are days when following God is hard. There are days where we don't follow God at all. There are days when we give in to sin over and over and over again. But this is where God comes in. He is the one who leads us. He is the one who brings us to repentance. He is the one who forgives us and restores us when we need it most. And there's maybe no greater example of that than David. I mean, here's a man who conquered Goliath with one stone, who faced him with no fear because he knew that the Lord was on his side and would give him the victory, who was chosen by God to be the second king of Israel, who made so many right choices, but he made so many wrong ones too. Bathsheba. Uriah, her husband, 
and it takes Nathan confronting him with a story that is about him for David to understand. And David's response to that story is, that man deserves to die. And Nathan famously responds with, you are the man. David repents. God forgives him. And that doesn't mean he was perfect from that day forward. But every other king is spoken of in comparison to David. And how David walked in the ways of the Lord. And it's only Josiah who did better than David. Even Josiah, though, was still compared to David. Now, you have these four kings. They characterize four different types of people that live in our world today. At the beginning, you chose which one you wanted to be like, whose life you wanted to live. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but maybe you thought of it. So the question now is, which king are you actually like? And at least for me, I could say, all of them. I am Amon, because I do evil in the eyes of the Lord. Sorry, Mom, I love you, but you're a sinner. And I'm a sinner. And so you're just like me. And I inherited my sin from you. And you inherited it from your parents. And they inherited it all the way back to Adam and Eve, our original parents. Because of that original sin that has been passed down to all of us from every generation. And because of that, we do actual sins. We do evil in the eyes of the Lord. And because of our sin, we hear the words of David that we deserve to die. I am the man. And it's not just physical death, but it's eternal death. It's hell that we deserve. That is what our sins deserve. And this message is important for us to hear on a day like today because we celebrate the one who came to die for our sins. The one who is the perfect child, the perfect man, the perfect God, who gives up his life so that we don't lose ours who takes our death so that we don't suffer hell, who did it because he loves us and because it was the only way. In the words of Paul, we can say, who will deliver me from this body of death? And we look to Jesus and we say, you are the man. He is the one who will deliver us from this body of death. This fourth Sunday of Advent is the Sunday of love, and it's also Christmas Eve. And we celebrate that love came down for us. You'll hear more about that later today. I mean, that's the message of Christmas. And speaking of the message, I'm like Solomon, because I've been given the wisdom of God's word. And yet, I still sin. Everything that God wants me to know I can read, I can hear in his word. I know that Jesus died on the cross for me and for my sins. I mean, it's Christmas Eve. It's arguably the largest celebrated day of the church year. I mean, if there's ever a time that we should be giving glory to God, it's today. And yet, I give 
into sin. I still choose not to walk with God. I put all of these other false gods in his place. All of these things that I prioritize above and beyond God. I serve them instead of him. And I need to brought, be brought to repentance. And that's where I'm like David. I am loved by God. I know that I'm loved by God. So when I sin, I need to be made aware of it so that I can, be, so that I can repent and be forgiven, be restored, be reminded that sin doesn't have the last word, that death doesn't have the last word. God does. And Jesus says, it is finished on the cross. And so it is. And Christmas is where it all begins. But really, it began when that first promise was made. As soon as sin entered the world to Adam and Eve. The one who would crush the serpent's head, the devil. Who would conquer sin, death, and hell for us. Because God keeps his promises, his covenants. And that's Jesus, who gave his all for us. And that brings us to Josiah, who is the one I would say I'm the least of, and the one that I take the least credit for. In fact, I take no credit for being like Josiah. No credit for being faithful to God for walking in his ways, for giving him my whole heart, soul, and might. I'm all of these kings, and I'm none of them. Because my story is different. Your story is different. You are all of them, and none of them. What you are is beloved by God, just like them. You are redeemed through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You have been forgiven by the blood of the Passover lamb because God kept his covenant, his promise to send a savior, Jesus Christ, who is Christ the Lord, who would save his people from their sins, who became the last and final sacrifice for all sins. And because God is faithful to you, he will keep you faithful until the end. He will instruct you in his ways. He will lead you in his word. He will do this in worship. He will do this through his sacraments. He will do it in Bible study, in devotion. And he will bring you to this church to give you his gifts, his blessings, his forgiveness, his salvation. And he will give you his son like he does today and every day. And through faith that he has given to you, you will join your Savior in heaven, where you'll see Josiah, you'll see all of those who have gone before you in the faith, kings, queens, brothers, sisters, fathers, mothers, sons, daughters, friends. Because he who called you as his dearly loved children is faithful to you. And he will be with you until the end. Amen. And now the peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior.
Amen.